and welcome into our broadcast. My name is Jacob Ayer, and alongside me are Jake McGrail, Liz Wang, Corey Branson, and Nico Roselli of CITR Sports, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9, always keeping you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news, standings, and stories. This past week, many of the different UBC sports teams traveled to the island to take on the Victoria Vikes, including both soccer sides and the men's rugby team. Out of the five matchups across soccer and rugby, UBC were victorious in four of those, with the only loss coming on Saturday as women's soccer dropped their second of two weekend matchups by a score of 3-1. to one. Elsewhere in UBC Athletics, men's basketball was able to surge to a 1-1 record without their three-point specialist in the Calgary Cup. Hockey somewhat struggled to regain its composure on the road, but there were some highlights on the women's side. And cross-country couldn't place high as a team, but there were some individual standouts in Bellingham, Washington. Yeah, talking about cross-country, um, both the men's and women's cross-country teams were in action this weekend at the Western Washington University Classic in Bellingham. The men's team had mixed results, coming in ninth place out of 14 eligible teams. And the women's team did not have enough runners to qualify for a team score in their race. However, their four runners came in the race top 55%, and the Western Washington University Classic is both teams' final meet before the Canada West Championship to Saturday from now in Calgary, I think. The women's race that took place in Bellingham was a six-kilometer run. UBC's individual runners had great outings, as previously mentioned. They were led by third-year Jamie Hennessy, who came in 14th out of 122 runners. Congrats to her. Her time was at just 22-23. This was her best time ever for UBC. Yeah, right behind her, fourth-year Michaela Tinkham came in 22nd place. That was 11 seconds later with a time of 22.34. And to finish off the race for UBC, fourth-year Maddie Ravellis came in 60th with a time of 23.55. And second-year Holly Bachman came in 67th with a time of 24.05. Yeah, and talking about the men's side, uh, the team actually finished in ninth place out of 14 teams in Washington in the 10-kilometer race. And the top individual performance went to the fifth-year transfer Matt Northworthy with a time of 33 minutes and nine seconds he came in 35th out of uh, the whole 176 runners and for other men's individual scores included first year's logan juan came in 55th and third year jake western um with a record of 33 minutes and 48 seconds and yes only a second after juan and um second year aiden miller in 70th with uh, 34 minutes fourth year stefan Byro in ninth in 90s with a record of 34 minutes and 43 seconds and first year Liam Corner in 96 uh sec- 96 ranking and first year Adam Villo in 137. So there was overall a lot more male runners who took place in this this is why they could place as a team. They did okay, ninth out of 14 eligible schools. Both teams however have their next race on the 26th in Calgary for the Canada West Championships. The women's side who showed up well to this Bellingham race. They were the defending champs, while the men won silver last year. Both of our teams, good in Canada. In the States, not quite as standouts, but we'll see if they're able to replicate last year's results. I blame the U.S. not using the metric system. It messes up all our runners. (laughs) I think that's a very valid point, Jake. Do you say it's like convert or go home? 
It's something like they get used to measuring out their distances in their heads in terms of uh, metric. And then when they get to the U.S., they get all discombobulated. So maybe they stop those extra three inches yeah. short every meter compared to yard. Yeah, every, they all just slow down. It's just a little bit too early. It messes them up. That makes complete sense. I Jake McGrail introducing another controversy. <laughs> to see what sports. I love to do is stirring up controversy. <laughs> Looking at basketball now, uh, the UBC men's basketball team was in Alberta last weekend as they continued their preseason tune-ups, this time competing in the Calgary Cup on Thursday and Friday. Without Manroop Claire for this event, it was friend of the show Jonah Morrison who picked up a lion's share of minutes. Check out the interview. Yeah. <laughs> on YouTube. He found his way into the starting five this weekend. The team split their two games, falling first to St. Francis Xavier, 90-83, to then bouncing back against the Guelph Griffins on the following day, winning 96-90. Yeah, UBC did start well in this game. They rushed out to a 22-15 first quarter lead, but the X-Men, great nickname, completely dominated the second and third quarters, outscoring the Thunderbirds 57-38. to They did battle back UBC in the fourth, they weren't able to get the lead under five points, and they lost the game. And Jane Cohey, Grant Shepard, and Mason Borsier, the trio had solid, if not spectacular, performances, respectively scoring 22, 20, and 16 points. Shepard added 15 boards, accounting for nearly a third of the team's total tally. Beast mode on the glass. Beast Shepherd's mode on the glass, for always, sure. <laughs> always beast mode on the glass. They knew since he was a freshman that he wasn't... He wasn't developed enough, really, as a freshman, but they just kept throwing him in because they're like, "This kid is a freak of an athlete." <laughs> and we actually interviewed him in his freshman year, and we knew we saw like his potential, which is now fully fledged and flushed out. And a quick note on Borisay: he helped out with nine assists and a couple of steals as well. While most of the starters performed pretty admirably, the bench couldn't pick up the slack when needed. They combined just for three of 16 from the field. They Yikes. only chipped in eight points. This was a rough one when last year the Thunderbirds showed some considerable depth off the bench. Yeah, well, Morrison will be back to the bench once Claire's back, so he'll hopefully provide a nice boost there. But yeah, he can't have eight points from your bench in a game. Yeah. Justin Andrew was the top X-man. He netted 27 points. That included going 5 of 11 from 3. He also picked up 6 rebounds, 4 assists, and 3 stales. Wow. Steals, sorry. Justin Andrew. Yeah. Transfer, buddy. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, this was, like a real, this was a real jack-of-all-trades performance with that kind of stat line. Uh, but luckily for the Thunderbirds in Game 2, they bounced back well against the Griffins. That was the following night. They actually trailed by 10 after the first quarter in this one and 11 at the half, but they clawed back to a 70-70 tie by the end of the third and pulled away in the fourth. And looking back to Borussia, he exploded in this one. He put up 30 on Guelph and notched 7 rebounds and 5 assists. Kohi wasn't half, half bad either. He finished with 18 points. So a couple of good performances, kind of a redemption from Game 1. The biggest differences in this victory were the three-point percentage and bench contribution. From beyond the arc, UBC jumped from 28% against St. Francis to 39% when facing the Griffins. And you wonder if that first game was kind of a, a matter of dealing with not having Manroop Claire, their three-point specialist, who honestly... His three-point percentage isn't that outstandingly good, but he shoots a lot. It's the James Harden approach. Exactly. Even if, even if you're only if you're able to put up average efficiency on insanely high volume, he does then shoot, that's a good thing. It's, he shoots a little better than average. He's like yeah. I think 35 percent, which is like pretty good, but yeah. not like outstanding. And considering he's taking like upwards to double-digit attempts a game, that's impressive. Man's throwing up big <laughs> points. So shooters going to shoot can definitely apply to him, right? Exactly. <laughs> but in terms of the bench, they were able to give. The Thunderbirds, 25 much-needed points in the second game. 
And deserving some special praise is first-year Jack Cruz Dumont, who played 32 minutes and scored 12. That was good enough for third in both categories behind Borsier and Kohi. So maybe we'll see some more playtime from some of the young people, including... And uh, speaking of special praise, my boy, Lincoln Rosebush, six rebounds in eight minutes. What? Are you talking about Shepard Beast on the Glass? Rosebush, rebounding vacuum right there. Hey. You gotta love it. Just a huge figure. <laughs> huge Lincoln figure. Rosebush is so tall. And his frame, like if you see him in person, it makes him look even taller the way he's built. Like him and Shepard, although they have very different play styles... Very efficient under the <laughs> under the glass. We like to call people friends of the show here. Lincoln Rosebush <laughs> is a hero of the yeah, show. Hero <laughs> of the show. I hope to Jake's I hope, idol. <laughs> yeah, I hope in, that he's a friend of the show at some point. Uh, <laughs> I'll try and make it happen. Yeah, looking we'll see what we can looking do. at a Guelph Malcolm Glenville, he was highly efficient in this game. Scored twenty three points in only eighteen minutes, going a perfect six for six from inside the three point arc. So congrats to him. But uh, UBC did get the win, which is nice. Yeah, this event had some serious emotional weight for the host Calgary Dinos, who were playing their first home games since the untimely death of second-year player Andrew Milner back in April. With his family in attendance, the team held a moving memorial before the first game on Friday night, and then the Dinos did win both of their games over the weekend to complete that tribute. UBC next plays in the Waterloo Naismith Tournament. Their first game is tonight at 5 p.m. against the host Warriors. Before they take on Wilfred Laurier and Concordia on Friday and Saturday, best of luck to them. On to men's rugby. They went across and over to the island and played on the pitch of Wallace Field. And the Thunderbirds were able to hold on for a tight 28-22 away victory against those rival Victoria Vikes. And yes, Corey, you are from there. So maybe you are a slight enemy. We like, Do you ever root for the Vikes? Is there a situation where are, this ever are you happens? A traitor? <laughs> Don't say yeah. I prefer not to answer. Oh, oh, all right. I'll, uh, I'll keep that in mind when assigning you uh, different topics to cover, Corey, on the show. Jeez. Um, but this 2022 victory in terms of rugby, uh, it wasn't really a very well held on to game, if that makes sense. The Thunderbirds really jumped out to a huge lead and then nearly let it go. And they were really just able to hold on thanks to the game clock expiring. And they really have uh, the Vikes number. This was the 14th straight win for the Thunderbirds against the Vikes, dating all the way back to November of 2013. It's been almost exactly six years since uh, UVic beat UBC men's rugby. It's been a bit of an onslaught. And a fun fact before that is UBC's rugby program, I think, officially made varsity status in about uh, 2000, somewhere between 2008 and 10. And for the first six games they played the Vikes, they were all losses. So their overall record versus the team is actually 14-6. and six. However, all the wins have came in a row up to this point now for the Thunderbirds. It's one of those weird history stats on the two teams. Uh, it, for this game, though, the Thunderbirds enjoyed a 10-0 lead just about 10 minutes into the match due to a Jack Shear penalty goal and the first of two first-half John Juvenile tries. And later in the first half, the two teams exchanged penalty goals to keep the UBC side up 13-3. Then in the 19th minute, Jubinville clear, cleanly intercepted a pass in his own zone and ran in untouched for the try. This was his second and final one of the match, and it gave the Thunderbirds a 20-3 lead at halftime break. Yeah, and although UBC started the second half scoring with a Kalambacher try, the Vikes went on a 19-3 point streak after that point. 
but ended up having their rally cut short just because of the clock. Yeah, UBC playing that uh, prevent style a little bit. <laughs> Sometimes it works. Worked, worked Sometimes you score end. enough that the other people are physically incapable of getting back into it. Yeah, so Vikes now have dropped to 2-0-3 oh, on the season. Thunderbirds improved to 3-0-1, oh, earned points for the Legends Cup series. Go Legends the, Cup! The Whiteman Boot Battle, and of course, the BC uh, Premier Division standings. Hey, we'll, Good start for them. Right, we'll get into this later, but we showed out pretty well for Legends Cup stuff this weekend. Men's, women's soccer did pretty well. Uh, men's soccer did very well. Rugby, I mean, I love it. It's happening. And women's rugby against Victoria, Canada West semifinals. This, uh, it's tomorrow. Yeah, so, so that'll that'll games. be another big game. That's not technically Legends Cup, but that's a Legends Pride Cup game. <laughs> it's playoffs, baby. It's play <laughs> playoffs. <laughs> playoffs. The next matchup has the Thunderbirds <laughs> host the Castaway Wanderers RFC at the Gerald McGavin UBC Rugby Center Saturday, October nineteenth, with a two thirty p.m. kickoff. Now we're gonna take a quick break for ads and PSAs, and come back to you in a second. That you will be able to make a balloon poodle within the first day. Here at the UBC Ant Club, we just like to talk about ants and compare ant farms. Uh, it's really cool. Paperclip Club is all about, well, paperclips mostly. At Blah Club, you can blah 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 blah. Explosions. There's only one club worth joining at UBC, and that's CITR 101.9 FM. We got free tickets to shows, whirly pops, professional help in all types of audio engineering, passes to festivals, crazy parties, live band swag, all types of crazy people. Our programming manager rides a motorcycle. There's freestyle rapping, Nardwar, the human serviette, the vinyl and record libraries, Discorder magazine, free studio recording, and it sure beats the hell out of Paperclip Club, which is a thing that I just made up because I work at CITR. So come check us out on the floor of the Student Union Building. We got all types of crazy shit for you to do. Or check us out online at www.citr.ca. Indie rockers Raw Raw Riot play the Biltmore Cabaret on November 2nd. Tickets are on sale now at eventbrite.ca and Red Cat Records. Presented by MRG Concerts, CITR Radio, and Discorder Magazine. Hello and welcome back. Now we're going to take a look at our soccer teams, which have done very well this season. That continued for the most part this past weekend. Both teams played a home-and-home -home against UVic because we apparently can't escape playing Victoria in all sports over the last couple weeks. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> they took on the Vikes on the road on Thursday, then again on at home on Saturday. The women's team split their two games. They won game one, one to nothing, off a dramatic late winner over on the island. It was a cagey affair to start, with the two teams combining for just five shot attempts in the first half, taking a page out of Jose Mourinho's Park the Bus tactics. <laughs> Things opened up in the second, with UBC outshooting UVic 9-4 to after halftime. You gotta love all the hockey references <laughs> that Nico just drops in there. That was soccer. That was soccer. Oh, God. Oh, you're showing your <laughs> oh, ignorance. God. I was like halfway... <laughs> Okay, this isn't going to make it even worse. Should I dig myself? I was going to say I was like halfway listening to his comment. I heard like... I heard like a hockey coach name that I like vaguely recognized. Who who did you mention? Uh, his name is Jose Mourinho. He famous manager. Uh, most recently managed Manchester United in the Premier League. Yep, I knew, I do know <laughs> yeah. who that is. That's he, tough. He was, I, I misheard. He was notorious for his park the bus tactics, which pretty much means defend, 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 and then when it's the right time, you attack. Right. Apologies, Nico. <laughs> 
Uh, it was rookie Nisa Rehal who was the hero in this game. She ghosted to the back post unmarked and tapped in a Marissa Mat- uh, Mastopieri cross in the 88th minute for her third goal of the season. Yeah, and this is Emily Moore's seventh shutout of the season. New career high for her. She's having a fantastic year in goal. Game two, however... Probably the Thunderbirds' most disappointing performance of the season. The Vikes took revenge with a 3-1 to win at Thunderbird Stadium. UBC again had the advantage in the shot count at 11-6, but the visitors were much more clinical. Yeah, the Vikes struck twice in the first half, and though Michelle Jang got the Thunderbirds on the board with her first goal of the season in the 75th minute, the Vikes scored the dagger off a counterattack in the 84th. This... Thunderbirds team had only conceded one goal in their previous three matches heading into this one, and this was only the second time that they've conceded multiple goals in a match all season long. That's a defensive, incredible stat. Yeah, and the only team they conceded multiple goals to was Trinity Western on the road, one of the best teams in the country. Victoria, they're not nearly as good, and it was at home, and they gave up three. That's really weird for this team. And also pretty weird, they don't have a consistent goal scorer, the Thunderbirds. They've only scored six times in their last six matches, all six by different players, and uh, their star scores from last year haven't nearly replicated that this season. Danielle Steer, who uh, now friend of the show we interviewed right at the start of the season, she had 10 goals last year, only three. Jang and Amelia Crawford combined for 13 goals last season. They've only got one this season. That was Jang this weekend. And that could have big implications because next up will possibly be their biggest test of the season as they take on the still undefeated Calgary Dinos at home tomorrow night. These two teams have only faced off twice in the last four years with Calgary winning both, including the Canada West semifinals last season. And you got to wonder, though, if moving the ball around against a really strong team like that actually is advantageous for you because they can't mark your top scorers. Mm-hmm. So maybe there is something beneficial. <laughs> Although Steer isn't getting uh, you know, balls at the back of the net, nor are the two Crawford sisters, it might just work. Maybe. We'll see. Calgary is very good, though. And uh, after Calgary the following day, the Thunderbirds will take on UNBC. They are 3-4-4. Four, and four. They're fighting for a playoff spot. Thunderbirds are 9-0-1 oh, all-time against the Timberwolves, so hopefully they'll be able to end the regular season with a win no matter what happens against Calgary. Meanwhile, the men's team clinched first place in the Pacific Division of Canada West with a dominant sweep of UVic, grabbing back-to-back wins for the first time since the end of September. Game 1, 3-0 win. Nick Fussell scored less than five minutes into the game, and Victory Shambusho bagged himself another Love Shambusho! <laughs> Such a nice <laughs> Human. End of the show. <laughs> such a great person and such a great athlete. He was one of the first friends of the show. Yeah. Yeah. He was wow, all the way back to two years ago. <laughs> that's so true. And his name is Victory. And yeah. his name is Victory. So, I mean, automatic win on that front. Yeah. Thunderbirds were incredibly efficient in this one. The reverse of most of the season for them. They only managed four shot attempts, but all were on target and three of them were goals. Shambusho has been on fire as of late. He's now taken the lead in Canada West scoring. Uh, There is a race between a couple other opponents, but he has had nine goals in 10 matches with five in his last four. So he's been literally scoring more than a goal a match in his most recent five games or most recent four games. He's really heating up at the right time. Meanwhile, in goal, Jason Roberts got his fifth and sixth shutouts of the campaign, although they're pretty easy shutouts for him. He only had to make three saves combined over the over the uh, the two games, which is pretty nice for him. Very relaxing couple of matches. Game two, much more of a route than the first one as UBC absolutely dominated the entire game en route to a 4-0 blowout. 
Jackson Farmer opened the scoring in the second minute, and it was Riley Pang, Thomas Gardner, and Logan Chung who added to UVic's misery. Yeah, Thunderbirds outshot the Vikes 17-2. to Vikes goalkeeper Jazz Lally made nine saves, which is not half bad. That's pretty decent, honestly. (laughs) I feel kind of bad for the guy. Uh, Meanwhile, Roberts, as Jake was mentioning earlier, only faced one shot on target the whole night. So, pretty easy thing for him to do. You know what? These on-target shots, I'm loving them. And because, not because we weren't getting a ton of shots off and we weren't getting a decent amount on target, but they're actually finding the back of the net. The Thunderbirds have led the conference in shot attempts, shots on target by like a decent amount all season. And they're finally piling up the goals. It sounds like they're taking that extra (laughs) pass to actually get a good shot attempt on Mm -hmm. goal off. The Thunderbirds have really rounded into form lately with 14 goals in their last four matches. They've also conceded just twice in that span. They now sit first in the conference in goals, second in goals against. The only team even close is Mount Royal, who sit at number one in the Prairie Division. They are a very likely opponent should the Thunderbirds make it to the Canada West Final. You hope they do. This year, they're missing a couple players from last year, but you you would think with now veterans like Shambusho, they would be able to make a serious Mm -hmm. run deeper and into U sports. I mean, by most metrics, it's UBC and Mount Royal and then everyone else in Canada West. So unless a major upset happens, that's who UBC is going to be playing in the Canada West finals. If it happens, should be a good match. But first, they've got to end the regular season. First home match against Trinity Western, who are 7-5-1. and one. Actually, that's on the road. And then the home matches against UFV, who are 4-4-4 four, four, and four on Sunday. That will end the regular season. Those are the two teams that UBC played in the first two games of the season all the way back in early September. They beat the Cascades 2-0 and the Spartans 3-2, so they'll look to do that again. Mm -hmm. And looking at hockey now, both the men and women had to deal with heartbreaking double double overtime losses against the Dinos this past week. Both teams had two games against the UFC, but it was ultimately the women who managed to erase some of the pain of a Game 1 loss, following up a 2-1 double OT defeat with a 3-0 shutout. The men opened with a 4-1 loss in Game 1 and unfortunately let a 4-1 lead slip away in Game 2. That's not good. Not good. Uh, That resulted in a 5-4 double overtime loss. But we'll look at the women's first. The women were desperate to get back on track after a miserable start to Canada West play against Alberta. It looked as though the T-Birds were ready to seal their first victory in Game 1, but Delaney Frey had other ideas in that game. Game 1, it was a much tighter affair than Game 2 on the women's side, with both Tori Miklash and Kelsey Roberts giving their respective teams every chance to win. Yeah, UBC did outshoot Dinos by a total of 37-24, to 24. But both goalies held strong through the first 40 minutes. It was Chenrit Bassey who opened the scoring, her first as a Thunderbird on the power play uh, in the third period. And that one nothing lead almost stood all the way <sighs> up until... The 1952 mark of the third period. You gotta hate those final eight seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Delaney Frey, uh, she's gonna be a wanted woman on this campus. Eight seconds left, scored to send the game into extras, and after killing two penalties in overtime, the Dinos won it off a goal from Elizabeth Lang. Not Elizabeth Wang of the show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the ultimate uh, traitor right She there. comes on, <laughs> throws on the opposition's jersey, skates out, destroys UBC just to say... That she could. Wow. Yeah, you're giving me hell for being from Victoria. And Liz (laughs) over here scored for another team. Yeah, you know, as the old uh, saying goes, the last eight seconds are the hardest. Thunderbirds (laughs) definitely uh, prove that in this game. 
Game two was a bit of redemption for UBC. They again outshot the University of Calgary 28-22 to and a two-goal second period with Tiffany Chu and Mikhail Grodnichuk lighting the lamp propelled the Thunderbirds to a 3-0 win. Yeah, Hannah Coral scored uh, the empty netter in this one to add that third goal. And uh, McLash got the shutout, made 22 saves, and finally got all the way with uh, that zero goals against. And the Thunderbirds are now 1-2-1 one, one to start Canada West play after three straight years of starting 3-1. and one. This is the team's worst start since the 2011-2012 season when they were also 1-2-1 one, and one at this point. They went one twenty one and 2 that season. <laughs> I really, I, yeah, so, I don't like that. When that I, is a bad, bad stat. That's not good. When I when I saw that, I I, I literally did a double take. Thought it was that, a typo. Yeah, because yeah, that is unfathomably bad. <laughs> Terribly. <laughs> One like, win yeah. in really, really, really bad regulation losses. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, right? This team does take penalties. We know this. Mm-hmm. And if they're not going to be good at the penalty kill like they were last year, that could be a serious problem. Right. But I mean, they didn't allow seven goals. Right, of these right. games. So I mean, yeah, they're, it, they're on the two weekends up. ago, <laughs> a negative thirteen point differential. Yikes! But hey, it's hey, improvement, right? They, they only, got one. They only allowed two goals in two games. It's Alberta power play was a story in that one too. So, but anyways, the women are next in action tomorrow at six Pacific time and Saturday at two Pacific time away in Regina. Looking at the men, the men did not have the same good fortune that the women had against the UFC. They got off to a bad start in game one, losing four to one, then dropping game two in a thrilling. Double overtime, 5-4 to four loss. Right from the get-go, it was a clear game one that was going the Dinos' way. Early penalty trouble hurt UBC, so not only is it on the women's side, but also on the men's. And the Dinos would take their opportunities, being able to capitalize on two early power plays before adding one more goal in the first. That was a 3-0 lead in, by the time they got to the first intermission. Yeah. Pretty tough to come back from three down like that for any team, especially that early on. And Chris Rockman all but sealed the victory when he scored to make the score 4 nothing in the second. Tyler Sandu then got on the board for the Thunderbirds. but That's some offense. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> However, no, more, no more goose egg. It was a bit late. <laughs> and looking at game two, this one really stings because the Thunderbirds had a 4-1 to lead. A four to one lead at one point in the second period, and then we go on to lose five to four. It's it's a coach's worst nightmare when something like that happens, because when you're three goals up and you're in the second, things should be looking good for you to get a victory. Yeah, it's uh, tough to come back from down three nothing, but four one that's that's no problem. Uh, special teams for both teams were uh, the story in this. <laughs> I one. caught that, Jake. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> thank you, thank you for recognizing my comedic genius. Uh, there were six <laughs> power play goals in this game, including five consecutive power play goals to open the game, and three consecutive just for UBC in the second period to take that four to one lead. Both coaches would have been losing their minds on the bench over all these penalties. But after that 4-1 to lead, that outburst from UBC, they then went on to allow two goals just two minutes and 23 seconds apart, and that gave new life into a deflated University of Calgary side. And then that third period saw the Dinos equalize with just one minute and four seconds in with another power play goal, and that led them to that double overtime win. Yeah, even though it is a tough loss... There's definitely some positive signs to take away for the men and mix that in with the fact that injuries have taken a toll on the team so far. They'll be getting in the win column soon, we can hope. 
They'll be set for action tomorrow at 7 p.m. and Saturday at 3 p.m. away in Regina. Both teams are without a win. UBC is 0-2-2, while the Rams have lost all four of their games in regulation. I just want to say here, I did a little bit of research behind the scenes on that legendary 2011-2012 season. <laughs> yeah, so let's not hear only, about it. Not only were there 22 consecutive losses, uh, UBC ended the season that year with two losses to Saskatchewan, 9-1, to and then 9-2. to Wow. And I believe they had some it was like a minus 90 goal differential in the 23 games. Looks <laughs> looks like it could be. I see an 8-1 loss in So here. it was astronomically bad. Like it wasn't bad luck bad. It was they like, were they were just a really bad team. It was like early season UBC football bad. Yeah. And then the next year they made the playoffs. That's what I You know <laughs> I, what? Was, sometimes like but that's what season. I mean like sometimes one or two players make such a big difference yeah. on the ice. Who knows? Maybe everyone was injured that year. <laughs> My question is, when was the last time men's went 0-2-2? Probably not that long ago. Men's team isn't as yeah, strong it was, as the it was women's. Some, it was something like three or four years ago. They were they had four straight regulation losses to open the season. Or ties. Yeah. Okay. Or, or double or overtime losses. No, it was all, all regulation oh, losses. Oh, all regulation yeah. losses. Okay. Well, hopefully they didn't go on to uh, lose the next 20. We'll, ha- we'll have <laughs> to get back it. to you all with, with the updated <laughs> stats for, the, for that season. And uh, looking ahead in the next few days, we got a lot of sports starting up again this weekend. Men's and women's basketball are both in Ontario right now for various preseason tournaments that are going on from Thursday all the way to Sunday. Uh, also, tomorrow, there's that Women's Rugby Canada West semifinal against Victoria that are being that's being played over in Lethbridge. Both hockey teams taking on Regina, women on the road, men's at home. Women's soccer playing Calgary in that big match here at home. Men's soccer on the road against Trinity Western. Then Sunday, it is the start of the volleyball conference season. Oh, yeah. Both men's and women's teams playing on the road in Winnipeg on Saturday. Women's soccer ends the regular season at home against UNBC. Hockey plays Regina again. Men's rugby plays Castaway Ronders RFC. Men's field hockey plays the Vancouver Hawks. There is a baseball game, one of the few uh, fall baseball games for the Thunderbirds. Right. They do a couple exhibition yeah, matches. In Oregon State. Oh, God. Taking They're taking on OSU? Yep. It's gonna, oh, my God. It might be a bloodbath. This is going we'll to be. Last time they actually. Okay, I don't want to say they held their own. I think it was 9 to 1. But, <laughs> but. <laughs> Oregon's I don't know how well you guys are familiar with that program. They are literally they're good. They are usually top three in the nation. Their their draft pick went number one. He was a catcher. He hit over four hundred in like a top division. Like he went to the Orioles. They need the I help. Was, I was just about to say that Baltimore couldn't have gotten any more lucky getting him because right. they need all the help they can get right now. <laughs> so, but needless to say, that OSU baseball program is very tough. Last year they took on Gonzaga too afterwards, so it was not an easy uh Fall exhibition schedule, but you know what? Maybe it maybe it shapens them up for the uh, spring season. So yeah, good luck yeah. to baseball. <laughs> it's a learning experience. It's a learning exactly. experience, exactly. Yeah. And good luck to women's uh, rugby. Right, yeah. that'll be a That's huge game. A huge We're hoping for they're them. the first uh, play. Are they the first playoffs of the school year? Uh, yeah, first Canada West playoffs. Cool. So yeah, go root for women's rugby yeah. and uh, keep keep soccer on the good note. <laughs> yep. And then uh, also on Saturday, football taking on Saskatchewan. Unfortunately, not going to be playoffs for them, but hopefully end the season strong. There's a rowing meet at the Gorge Waterway in Victoria taking place both Saturday and Sunday. And then also Saturday, a swim meet, the Swim BC Senior Circuit, also in Victoria. And finally on Sunday, there is the Women's Rugby Canada West, uh, either the final or the bronze medal game. UBC will be playing in one of those, hopefully the final and then volleyball takes on Winnipeg again, second game of the series. And finally, men's soccer ends the regular season at home against Fraser Valley. Woo! 
It's that time of the year, the sports We're, equinox. It's going to be another another busy show next week. Busy show <laughs> next week, and looking into the future, we are going to be bringing you all some UBC Thunderbirds sports action, live broadcast. We're going to be doing volleyball and basketball again this season. Uh, the first date, I believe, is November 1st. November 1st and 2nd. November 1st and 2nd. Tune in. Those are going to be around uh, 5, 5 or 6 p.m., um, but we'll, we'll come back with a bit more solidified knowledge of that next week, but that will be broadcast live. And with that, thank you guys for listening in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbirds news, standings, and stories is to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at CITR Sports. Up next for CITR is CPOP Connection. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jacob, Jake, Liz, Corey, and Nico with contributions from Ben Nelson. Listen Thursdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. on CITR Radio or check us out on iTunes at Thunderbird Eye. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.